You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blog Talk Radio. Hi guys, and welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. This is, I believe, number 15. Um, we're back trying to get on our weekly schedule here. Um, we should be going most likely every Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, um, <laughs> kind of depending on the NFL games, uh, when uh, our teams are playing. Um, I'm a Lions fan coming from Michigan. but um, uh, Yeah, so excited, a lot of topics, a lot of action over the weekend. Um, and we have uh, Jeremy, who's um, our, one of our writers over here. Um, Jeremy, I noticed your uh, Colts didn't do as well as you would have liked today. <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of begins, uh, I guess, how you'd put it. It was really probably the worst uh, loss we've had in close to 10 seasons. So, uh, yeah, not good is is one way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, Jeremy's a, a Colts fan. As I mentioned, I'm a Lions fan. But um, in case you're listening to this later, um, Colts played Dallas, kind of got uh, beat down. Um, Lions beat the Bears, so I'm kind of excited about that. But, um, but yeah, moving on to <laughs> some more Big Ten-related stuff. Um, obviously a, a packed weekend um, all across college basketball. Um, before we get into some of the Big Ten topics, um Obviously, the biggest event of the weekend, I'd probably say, um, was the CBS Sports Classic in Chicago, Kentucky, UCLA, Ohio State, uh, North Carolina. Um, first, what, what are your general reactions to that event? And obviously, Kentucky's um, shellacking of UCLA, um, extremely impressive. Um, what, what do you make of that, and how do you think the undefeated um, aspect needs to be discussed with Kentucky here? I think at this point, uh, because of how reliable uh, Kentucky's defense is, um, it's it's definitely in play. Uh, though I would caution um, against people uh, assuring um, that Kentucky's going to be able to run the table. Um, one thing you notice with the Wildcats is even though their defense is extraordinarily dominant, um, they are not always the best scoring team, um, even with uh, all the possessions they get, all the uh, offensive rebounds they pick up. And uh, that's the big reason why Columbia was able to get into halftime with a lead in Lexington. And uh, Columbia is not even a great Ivy League team. Um, outside of Kentucky, uh, the big thing to note about the CBS Sports Classic was uh, North Carolina's resurgence. Um, they're really starting to look more like the team that everyone expected them to be coming into the year. Um, Marcus Page was terrific in initiating the offense. Um, they got some good passing out of their guards on the perimeter as well to uh, carve up Ohio State's zone. Um, so those teams both looked very, very strong. Uh, the losing clubs uh, in that event, UCLA and Ohio State, um, were both kind of exposed there. 
so some good games definitely and some uh, major storylines to watch as the season goes forward, especially with uh, Ohio State's zone and UCLA's uh, general incompetence. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I thought the, uh, the one interesting side note was their uh, – um, I don't know if you if you noticed on Twitter, but um, the floor that they were using was very unique. They had huge decals of each team in each corner. Um, I thought the idea in theory was kind of cool, but the execution was awful. It was so so ugly um, to watch the games. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess a little bit of a side note there. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously Kentucky just they almost look. Um, I've been a little bit hesitant to you know jump in with both feet on Kentucky yet, but I, at this point, I, I don't know how you can, anyone can hold back without saying they're clearly number one. Um, I'm not, not saying they're going to win the national championship because anything can happen in single elimination games, but um, clearly, you know, if this was a seven game series or some sort of college football playoff thing, I think you'd be hard pressed for anybody to beat Kentucky, even Duke. But, Having said that, um, I tend to agree. I think the the offense could be something that could be a problem for them in a given game. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting when they play Louisville this weekend, um, how the backcourt deals with it. Because I, at least for me, I mean, obviously the roster's loaded everywhere, but I think the backcourt might be a little bit weaker than the frontcourt. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how they match up with Louisville, but... Um, in the other game, yeah, uh, North Carolina, they looked pretty solid. Um, seems like they're kind of carrying that up and down um, mantra from last year. But uh, as far as Ohio State, um, their second big game of the year um, didn't really show up early. They kind of they kind of closed in, um, you know, in the second half, which I, I guess is encouraging for a young team. But um, I, I I'm so mixed on Ohio State because you know they've they've beaten down the bad teams they played, but they, they got kind of handled against the, the two good teams. So we'll we'll see as they play more, you know, just good teams, not great. But um, they'll be a, an interesting team to place over the next few weeks. But um, moving mm-hmm. moving more towards the towards the Big Ten, um, early last week I wrote a uh, an article basically saying that the Big Ten needed a quote-unquote statement weekend. Um, I believe 12 Big Ten teams – played over this weekend, um, a lot of big-time matchups, um, playing on the road, neutral courts. Um, it was a chance for the Big Ten to really change the narrative, which is kind of that the Big Ten isn't as good this year. I guess that's kind of the one developing. But um, didn't really back it up as much. It's kind of mixed. Um, and then Michigan State losing to Texas Southern on Saturday night was a huge blow. Um, first off, what do you what do you make of that? Um, do you think this is just a continuation? Um, do you think it's just kind of odd blips? Um, obviously, they, they might have made a statement, but it was not a good one. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Right, yeah. I think um, that it, it was a statement, but again, uh, like you said, not a very good one. Um, the Big Ten has really continued the same struggles that they've had all season to this point. Uh, the Big Ten's had 20 opportunities against RPI top 25 teams, and they've come away with three wins. Um, so you really have a almost total lack of really high-level wins to bring up the uh, conference RPI. 
Um, right now, the conference RPI is sitting at fifth, which is the lowest it's been in the Big Ten since about 2005. Um, so this is just really uh, an off season for um, the Big Ten, at least in that regard. Uh, a lot of youth around the conference, um, and we're seeing um, the results of that. Um, as far as Michigan State, uh, I do think that game was uh, revealing in some ways. Um, Brendan Dawson was, of course, out uh, with a wrist injury, but with him being out, um, you wouldn't expect Michigan State to struggle to the degree that they did. And uh, that game was really revealing in terms of how important he is to what they do offensively. Mm-hmm. Texas Southern was 1-8 and eight, uh, coming into that game, but they had played a real gauntlet of a schedule. Um, I don't think they've had a home game yet. I think they may have had one home game that they won against Lamar. Uh, But Michigan State only managed to score .97 points per possession in that game, which, I mean, isn't acceptable for uh, a program of that talent um, being coached uh, by Tom Izzo, um, obviously a tremendous coach. Uh, They just weren't able to figure anything out against Texas Southern, and the uh, distressing thing is that a lot of that confusion was um, really at the feet of Travis Trice, um, one of their seniors. Uh, So they will get Dawson back, and uh, you will see their offense improve uh, some. Um, But I think that's a bad sign for a team that uh, has, at best, um, a number of good close losses. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I I think the thing about the conference is – I think a lot of people were thinking that certain teams, a la Michigan, Michigan State, um, would be able to overcome those those youth struggles because they did have some key players coming back and because they have, you know, um, highly regarded coaches like John Beeline, Tom Izzo, that they would be able to kind of overcome. Um, I guess you could throw Ohio State in there as well um, with a lot of youth coming in this year. But I, I think the big thing that's hitting the conference right now is um, especially in that middle, the transitions are not going as smoothly as smoothly as some would have hoped. Um, and you see, especially those three teams, um, you would have hoped Ohio State would have at least beaten North Carolina. Um, they didn't. Um, Michigan has obviously been upset several times on a four-game losing streak um, with most three of those games at home. Um, Michigan State has no quality wins as of now, well, at least no good wins as of now. And losing to Texas Southern is just inexcusable whether Dawson's in the game or not for a team that hasn't missed the tournament in as long as I can remember. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the big thing because, um, you know, when a team like uh, – no offense to Rutgers fans, but when a team like Rutgers gets upset, North Northwestern, um, and no offense to them, but uh, those, those teams haven't been good for the last few years. They don't have a lot of history. They don't have elite talent. Um, so it's not that surprising if they can get beat on a given night. But it's the teams that do have that, that big-time talent. They have those coaches who have performed, um, and they have some you know, leadership getting upset that's really, really hurt the conference right now. Um, but but um, specifically regarding Michigan State, yeah, I think, I think you saw that, um, that backcourt, um, those young wings just – they aren't quite ready to carry that load yet. I think you'd need Dawson to take some of the pressure off. Um, Costello oddly had a pretty good game 
<laughs> statistically. But, um, yeah, Trice got into foul trouble, and it was kind of a, a rough night for him and all across the board. Um, but they're definitely going to have to work on developing that offense um, or hope some of the younger guys that played a lot can step up. But um, but mo- moving on um, towards the conference once again, um, so far this season a lot of – a lot of unexpected things have happened. Um, we talked about some of the upsets, but uh, what would you say um, is your biggest surprise so far this year and your biggest disappointment um, up to this point in the Big Ten? Okay, I am going to have to split um, my biggest surprise. I've got uh, two that are just too close for me to call. Um, the first is Maryland. Uh, with the transfers out of the program that they had this off season, I thought they may struggle um, in the early going. Uh, but as the season has worn on, it's becoming clear to me that those players probably transferred because they understood how good Maryland's freshman class was from playing those players in open gyms and uh, while those players would be recruited. Um, Maryland's freshman class is fantastic. They've adjusted to the uh, college game very smoothly. Uh, Trimble is kind of the uh, player whose name you haven't heard as much in the um, Big Ten freshman of the year race, um, but he is going to uh, put his stamp on that conversation um, going forward. Uh, obviously, Blackman Jr. and Russell are uh, the big-time scorers, um, but Trimble is uh, heading up an effort on a team that is actually picking up some pretty solid wins, um, including their uh, big win today uh, at Oklahoma State. Um the other team that's really been a huge surprise to me has been uh, the Penn State and the Lions. Um, they're sitting at 11-1, and one, and uh, though they haven't played the toughest schedule, um, they are one of only six Big Ten teams with a uh, RPI win in the uh, top 50. So uh, the Big Ten definitely struggling um, in that regard. Um, but Penn State does have one of those uh, solid resume wins. Nothing that really stands out on their schedule to this point. But, you know, 11-1, and one, you really can't be mad at it. Um, they've been tested. They've had to, you know, pull um, close to teams late to uh, get some wins in overtime. So I think that's going to pay dividends for them um, in the conference race. And uh, for me – um, the most disappointing club would, would have to be uh, the Michigan Wolverines. Um, they're on a four-game skid, as you mentioned. Uh, they actually have the worst uh, RPI in the conference at this point, even uh, below Rutgers. Um, Rutgers is uh, 113th in RPI, and Michigan is currently 126th. Um, obviously no one would have predicted that or anything close to it coming into the season. Um, so to see them with some of the tough, tough losses, uh, they've had at home in the last week is very surprising considering that, you know, Karis Levert was projected to be a top 10, uh, pick in the upcoming NBA draft before the season. Yeah, I, um, mine, mine's kind of the... <laughs> Similar thing to your last point, my biggest surprise is how, um, I guess, to, frank, to be frank about it, how bad Michigan has looked this year. Um, and my biggest disappointment is how bad Michigan has looked this year. Um, <laughs> is, is I, I think it wouldn't have been that surprising if they had dropped off you know, somewhat. Um, they were losing some big players, um, especially in the front court. 
um, losing Glenn Robinson III and losing Jordan Morgan, John Orford. Um, those were going to be blows. And um, I, at least as a Michigan fan for myself, I did expect the team to be a notch down, maybe even two notches. But to lose to NJIT, to lose to Eastern Michigan, to be completely dominated against Arizona, the score, which was almost a 30-point blowout, it really didn't even feel that close. Um, to be to really like handled against SMU, um, and and what's so odd about it is, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, this really actually looked like a pretty solid team. Um, I'm not sure where the wheels fell off exactly, but um, but yeah, they they've been the biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. Um, but just to, just to add on to your other point, um, Penn State has definitely been a pleasant surprise this year. Um, and I think uh, a lot of people are overlooking them. I do think they're – I don't want to call them a fraud. I do think they their record's a little better than they probably are as a team. But um, as you said, hey, 11-1, uh, if you keep winning, um, I think people are going to be satisfied with that. But, um, yeah, mo- moving on to uh, um, talking a little bit more about the um, – Specific teams, um, we came up with a, a fun little idea here. Um, um, teams to buy or sell right now in the Big Ten. Um, and just to preface this discussion a little bit, um, what we're saying is to buy a team is making the NCAA tournament. So NIT doesn't count. Anything else doesn't count. So you're just making the NCAA tournament. Um, we're just going to go through in uh, alphabetical order. Um, and I also excluded, um, I believe, five teams just because I, I don't really think they're worthy of discussion. Uh, Maryland, Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. Um, not to belittle any of those teams, but I just think as of now, it's pretty obvious which way they're projecting, um, either in or out. Um, so, yeah, let, let's jump into it. I'll name a team. Let me know if, you think, if you're buying them as an NCAA tournament team or you're selling, and a little bit uh, of a reason why. Um, Illinois. Okay, Illinois, I'm going to buy. Ravante Rice is a tough, tough player. They've got more support uh, on the perimeter for him. Um, They do have some defensive issues with their transfers, uh, Crosby. Um, But I think that as none gets uh, healthier and more comfortable, um, their sophomores are uh, loaded for bear. Uh, Hill and none, very impressive players, buying Illinois. Yeah, I agree. I'm also buying Illinois. I know um, some people got down on them um, a little bit closer than you would have liked to see against Missouri, but I still think as of now this team doesn't have a bad loss. Um, Ravante Rice has looked um, very solid. Cosby's looked pretty good. Um, Hill's been a nice piece so far this year. Um, And if Kendrick Nunn gets going um, a little bit more, I think this could be a team that um, plays very well um, at home and can upset uh, a couple. Uh, moving on, uh, Iowa. Iowa, I am also going to buy. Um, they do have four losses, so they are a little bit heavy, but they've got the big win over North Carolina. Um, all of their losses are to good teams. Um, Iowa State, even Northern Iowa, uh, even though they scored 15 points in that second half, they have tremendous size, which is going to help them a lot in conference play, as there are a lot of uh, Big Ten teams with small front courts this year. Yeah, I, I'm also buying um, – I think that's a good point uh, with the front court. Um, I think 
The only front court you could argue is better at this point is probably Wisconsin or, or maybe Purdue. Um, but, yeah, no no bad losses. Um, they lost to Texas and Syracuse on neutral courts. Um, Iowa State at home, who's a good team. And Northern Iowa, who a lot of people will be shocked, but they're actually a pretty good team this year. Um, I am a little bit concerned with um, them competing against uh, some of the top teams, but um, I think they are going to have enough to get in. Um, they will have to secure probably another um, couple wins over the top teams, but I am buying them as well. Um, this, this should be a team that you're uh, well discussed on, but uh, Indiana. Indiana, I am hesitant on, uh, but I will go um, with a buy for the Hoosiers. They have a truly elite offense um, spearheaded by Yogi Farrell and James Blackman Jr., their defense is really, really, really worrisome. Um, but, you know, when you can hit the three like they do, uh, you've always got a chance to be in games. Um, even Louisville can stop their offense. So I think they'll be able to score on anybody. Uh, they just have to figure out how to slow teams down a tiny bit. But I'm going with a, a buy for Indiana. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm also buying um, – I know that Eastern Washington loss threw a lot of people off, um, but that's that's not a terrible team. It's a bad loss, but it's not terrible. Um, losing to Louisville, obviously a very elite team. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. Top-end offense is going to be able to score on just about everyone, um, especially, you know, if, if they're shooting well with Blackman and uh, Yogi Ferrell. But um, – in, the interior game is going to be a worry, um, especially when they when they face you know a couple of those teams I just mentioned Iowa, Wisconsin, um, and uh, Purdue, which Indiana fans probably won't want to hear. But um, uh, I do think they are um, a buy right now, and they've they've scored some big victories in non-conference. But uh, uh, moving on to a team we've discussed a little bit already, um, the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan, I have to sell, um, and I'm surprised to be saying this at this point in the season, uh, but they kind of look like Indiana without the three-point shooting. Um, not quite as poor defensively, but definitely not uh, strong enough in that area or on the glass to make up for uh, some of their offensive struggles to this point. Yeah, um I I hate I hate to do this obviously as a as a Michigan fan, but um I have to sell just on the fact that I, I think these losses are gonna be so hard to make up for. Um as you mentioned, they're dead last in the Big Ten in RPI. Um you know you know, last year they didn't look like the Big Ten champions that they would become in the in the Big Ten slate, but they didn't have these types of losses. I mean, they have five losses and they still have another non conference game remaining. I just I think it's going to be so much to make up for um, in the conference slate. Um, I do think I, – I know we're not supposed to talk about this, about this, but I do think they have a, a solid shot at, like, an NIT bid. But um, I think it's just going to be too little too late with this team. Um, moving on to another team we've talked about a little bit, uh, Michigan State. Michigan State is uh, also a tough one. Um, I am going to buy this club. Uh, I do think they will kind of straighten things out um, when they do return Dawson. Um, it's going to be big for them how well they do in conference play. Uh, without having uh, a big um, non-conference win, they probably have to win 11 or 
probably 11 games uh, to get into the tournament. Right now they have eight wins, so that would put them at uh, should be just 20 um, if they uh, finish out their non-conference slate without a loss. Um, I forget which cupcake they have on Monday, but it's it's should be pretty sweet for them. Um, obviously, they did just lose to Texas Southern, and I'm sure whoever they're playing uh, on Monday isn't that bad of a team. Um, so there is a chance for them to, you know, slip up and make me look foolish uh, pretty shortly, but I'll, I'll buy Michigan State. I, I like their talent. Yeah, they, um, the team they are playing is the Seidel. Um, they're 324 on Ken Palm, so obviously not a great opponent. But um, I, I'm also buying Michigan State. Um, I'm not as hesitant as you. I know that that Texas Southern one is going to be a, a quote-unquote anchor on their resume. They have no big non-conference wins. But I I think Izzo has proven that he'll, he'll get this team together. I think, I think they're going to scrape out enough wins. Um, especially at home. They're usually very good at home um, to get into the tournament. I don't necessarily think they're going to be a great seed, but I I do think they will have enough. Um, Moving on to uh, Nebraska. Nebraska uh, has really surprised me this year, um, but I have to sell. Uh, No really good wins. Um, Really haven't controlled their home court in the way uh, that we've come to expect from Nebraska. Uh, Teron Petaway has been a pretty inefficient player this year, uh, kind of the same way he was last year, honestly. Um, the difference uh, this season is that just overall uh, they don't have the players around Petaway to make those efficient shots. Pitchford is struggling, and while Siobhan Shields has really picked up his game, um, it's just not going to be enough uh, on his own. Um, Siobhan Shields is the only player uh, playing major minutes for Nebraska that has an offensive rating over 100. Um, so, you know, just really not good on that end of the floor, and that's going to hurt them this year. Yeah, I agree. I'm also selling on Nebraska. Um, I do think they have a really top-notch defense, which is going to keep them in every game. But I think the problem is, as we've already seen in a couple games this year, they the games are going to be close because they can't score. Um, Petaway, Petaway's their go-to guy, and it's he's just too inefficient um, at times. Um, and I think I think they're going to end up giving away too many games because they can't score efficiently enough. And um, so I am selling on Nebraska at this point. Um, we'll move up to a uh, an odd one, but I decided to throw them in um, just as a wild card here. Um, Ohio State, who um, most people are fighting into the tournament at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were uh, inside the top 20 uh, in the rankings um, before that loss to North Carolina. Uh, so I, I have to buy Ohio State. Um, they have a lot of upperclassmen leadership around D'Angelo Russell. Uh, it's pretty troubling that they rely on him so much for their scoring um, with all of those, you know, third and fourth year players um, on the wings. Uh, Sam Thompson, of course. Um, and they're not that strong inside, even with uh, McDonald's, uh, Anthony Lee, the transfer from Temple. Um, but I think they'll do enough in conference play um, to get in there. They only have two losses to this point. Um, so, you know, again, 11 wins should get them in. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you have to buy them at this point um, just because they have so much talent. 
Um, I do I do think it's a little concerning, but you know that they do have no big wins at this point. Um, but at the same point last year, they were undefeated in non-conference play and kind of collapsed in conference play, um, so to speak. Um, obviously, they they had enough to get in, but. <laughs> Um, just throwing that out there, that th- this could be a team that develops, especially as they play quality teams um, back to back to back, instead of you know between four cupcakes, so to speak. But um, I do have to buy it this time, um, and I- I'm not really expecting them to drop off. But they definitely are a team to keep an eye on, um, just because they don't have any big wins yet. Um, the final team is one we have talked about a little bit, but um, Penn State. Penn State. I am uh, proud of the work that Pat Chambers has done. He's really got his guys um, buying into everything that he wants to do offensively and defensively. Um, They play well as a team, uh, but I have to sell. Um, Having seen uh, Penn State a number of times, um, they still don't have a lot around uh, DJ Newble. I've had high hopes for uh, Brandon Taylor for um, the second season in a row now. And so far, uh, he does look improved, um, but still isn't quite the player uh, that I thought he would be uh, by this point, his junior year. Um, I think they are going to uh, kind of stub their toe um, big time once they get into the Big Ten. I think they'll have a good record, probably 9-9, and 8-10 and 10 or so. But uh, I think the their opener on the road in Madison will probably do a lot to kind of sap their confidence. And um, I think we'll probably see a little bit of the uh, same old Penn State for a little bit there. Yeah, talk about a, a tough opener. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I again, you know, I just to kind of repeat what I said earlier, but I I don't think Penn State's a fraud necessarily. I just think they've they've kind of lucked in, backed into a lot of wins, a lot of close ones. Um, now their loss was also close against Charlotte, but. Um, I think this is a team that's been playing teams that are just a little bit below them um, and is skimming through to wins. Um, They have have looked a little bit better recently, but um, I I think they are going to be awakened, so to speak, in their first couple conference games. So uh, I am selling at this point, but, um, hey, I mean, if they they can get a couple, um, you know, sneak a couple road games out or something, you know, maybe, maybe they can sneak in. Um, but yeah, that's our uh, our buying and selling segment, so to speak. But um, moving on to uh, um, a couple other things, um, I did just want to talk a little bit about. Um, Jeremy got the chance to go with uh, another one of our writers to the uh, Crossroads Classic. Um, for those of you who don't follow it as much, it's uh, the annual um, game with uh, Purdue, Notre Dame, Butler, and Indiana. Um, they they rotate each year um, with the Big Ten teams not playing each other, but um, Happens in Indianapolis, um, one of the bigger non-conference events. Um, I was just wondering if you could talk about the experience a little bit, um, positives, negatives, um, maybe what you'd like to see changed in future years. But, um, yeah, just um, talk to you a little bit about, um, for the people who haven't had a chance to go to that event yet. Sure. Um, So um, this is actually my fourth year attending uh, the Crossroads Classic. I have uh, really enjoyed the event, um, even though uh, Indiana just made it to uh, 500 in the event. They are now two and two um, all time. Uh, 
For me, um, as someone from Indianapolis, uh, I love Banker's Life Fieldhouse. It's a great venue with terrific sight lines. Um, so that's very nice. Um, it's easy to really get a good good feel of what's going on. Uh, one thing um, that I have noticed over the years, and I need to uh, check on the attendance numbers to really um, nail this down, but attendance has um, declined pretty steadily. Uh, the first two events were sellouts. Um, obviously, those were uh, big years for uh, Indiana and um, even Purdue uh, in the first year of the challenge. Um, so that probably helped. Uh, but this year, um, the attendance was a hair under 15,000 in an arena that seats 19,000. Um, so I'm sure Banker's Life is uh, still going to be happy to host the event. That's still, you know, 15,000 butts in seats that they wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but for the programs participating, um, it makes less and less sense to split that money if you're not, you know, really filling the arena. Um, one interesting thing to note with uh, the Crossroads Classic, um, the CBS Sports Classic uh, was actually looking to feature um, the NCAA programs that had won the most national titles. Um, so that's how you end up with uh, UCLA, Kentucky, um, North Carolina became the ACC representative because Duke is obviously involved uh, with the Champions Classic, uh, so they wouldn't want to ever run into a situation where uh, Kentucky and Duke play twice um, in an offseason, though, though I think that would be cool. Um, but uh, Indiana was not able to participate in that event, um, which would have been a kind of higher um, media bar. Uh, because of the Crossroads Classic, which uh, also got bumped from CBS to uh, Fox Sports 1 and the Big Ten Network uh, as a result of the CBS Sports Classic. Um, the Crossroads Classic is currently um, extended through the 2017-2018 season, um, but its future beyond that, I think, is really going to depend on the attendance in the upcoming years. So that's that's an interesting um, thing to keep an eye on there. Uh, the event still, you know, uh, I had a great time, um, saw some great basketball games. Um, so it was fun, uh, but, you know, you really have to continue to gauge the demand as, as the years go on. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I've always been uh, intrigued by the event. Um, obviously, I, you know, well, I shouldn't say obviously. Um, I grew up in Michigan, um, went to Michigan, so uh, obviously I don't have uh, as much of a connection to the state of Indiana, but um, it did always intrigue me as an event, um, especially um, coming from a state that had two, two Big Ten teams as well. Um, so that that was something I, I had kept, um, kept an eye on. I know um, there had been some people talking about, you know, having one in Ohio would be pretty cool, which uh, I kind of agree with, you know, with uh, – um, Ohio State, obviously, Cincinnati, all those programs. But um, yeah, cool, cool to hear. Um, and I, I believe you, you said you were going to uh, do a write-up kind of on the whole event um, and how the environment was. Uh, are you, were you planning on that or just shooting in the dark? Yeah, <laughs> so that will be up um, tomorrow morning, and uh, I'm thinking of calling that a uh, classic at a crossroads. Yeah, <laughs> um, clever title. Um, but yeah, so anybody who's interested in a little more detail on that can check that out. But um, 
yeah, just moving on to a little bit um a little bit of what's ahead. Um non conference play will be wrapping up the next couple weeks. Um conference play will start um New Year's. Um the there's only a few Big Ten uh I shouldn't say Big Ten a uh, couple big games for the Big Ten left. Um Indiana at Georgetown, Ohio State, um with a okay right state, uh Wisconsin with California and Buffalo are both just all right. Um First off, um, do you do you think the Big Ten can change the perception at all coming into conference play, or do you think it's just um, head in, hopefully you don't get upset, and um, do your work in there? I think um, there's a slight chance to improve uh, the conference RPI. Some of the games that you mentioned, of course, are going to be pretty big ones. Um, California is actually nine and one right now. Uh, I don't know their RPI ranking offhand, but I'm sure they're in the, uh, top 50, if not the top 25 to actually have a pretty good win. Um, I think one over Syracuse themselves. Um, so they are a pretty good team. Um, Wisconsin should be pretty strongly favored, um, in that game. So if they, uh, pick up that win, it'll be good for the conference, um, there are also some Big Ten teams uh, participating in uh, kind of some of these Christmas tournaments that are kicking off um, tomorrow. Uh, I believe Nebraska is in one, so they have uh, a chance to redeem themselves a little bit. Uh, Indiana has a tough, tough contest against Georgetown. Um, but realistically, uh, to kind of improve the Big Ten's RPI to get it to, you know, where we've um, expected in the last couple years for, you know, the Big Ten to have a chance to get better than 50% of the teams in, um, the Big Ten is really going to have to sweep um, in the non-conference the rest of the way. We can't really hold any more water as far as those, um, you know, uh, losses outside the top 200 of the RPI. So we need to see uh, some teams, you know, get those wins right now. Uh, The Big Ten looks like a five- or six-bid league, uh, which is really tough considering there are probably seven or maybe even eight teams that are good enough to be deserving, just don't have uh, the resume wins to do it. So um, this upcoming week before uh, conference play starts will be huge for the Big Ten. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think the unfortunate thing is, you know, um, once you make it to conference play, your your perception's kind of set. I mean, as as uh, I'm sure a lot of other people have noticed, you know, if you're if you're watching, um, it's big, it's huge in college football. You know, if you if you watch college football, the SEC will be playing a game and it'll be you know nine to six, and oh, it's because the defenses are great. The Big Ten's playing and it's nine to six, and it's oh because the offenses are terrible. I mean, it, it's just it's really easy to change the perception. Um, I know I've ranted on Twitter about it a lot, but um, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be big. Try to avoid any upsets. Um, hopefully, you know Wisconsin can sweep their games there. Um, keep at least one elite quote unquote team in the Big Ten, um, and then I, I guess kind of see how conference play rolls on but um yeah i I think that about uh wraps it up here for us this week um any final thoughts before we head out yeah uh i am really curious to see um what position the big 10 is in as far as um how many bids they'll get uh if the middle is as close as um it looks to be and those teams really beat up on each other 
Um, this could be a five-bid league at the end of the year, which would be really horrific um, for the Big Ten as far as um, what they've been able to accomplish in the uh, recent seasons as far as NCAA bids. Um, however, if we see uh, some stratification develop and those teams at the bottom um, really stay down, uh, you know, Northwestern, Rutgers, uh, potentially Nebraska, potentially Michigan, um, potentially Purdue, um, if those teams really do lose a lot in conference play, that becomes a scenario where the Big Ten could get seven or potentially even eight bids uh, to the tournament. So that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think I think the really interesting thing for me over the first couple um, weeks of conference play, I, I know we'll obviously talk about this as we get a little closer um, and as it happens, but um, it's just going to be how those the teams um, like Penn State do come in. Um, Penn State probably going to come in with one loss to conference play um, and then kind of see how they perform against um, you know, your teams like Ohio State, Michigan State, who do not have any quality um, non-conference wins. So that, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Um, other than that, excited to uh, see these last few games play out, um, and hopefully everybody has a, a great holiday. But um, I'm Thomas Bendit here for BT Powerhouse, um, manager and editor of the site. Uh, this uh, Jeremy is here with me. Um, thank you for everyone checking us out, and we will see you probably next Sunday night. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Merry Bye. Christmas.